Good morning. Very excited to have you with us on this glorious Sunday morning. There are just two Sundays left in this series. Two more chances for you to get a coloring sheet and to win the big prize, which will be given out next week. Um, And I see nobody coloring right now. What is the matter with you people? We've been doing it all summer long. Oh, wait, you haven't been here. You've been off enjoying the mountains and stuff. Oh, we have some people coloring. Excellent. Good. Um, well, those of us that have been here have been coloring all summer. It's been great. There's some coloring sheets back there at the blue table, and we're giving out uh, a big prize next week. I'm not going to tell you what it is because everybody would just mass crush people to get to the coloring sheet. It's going to be awesome. Um, so we've been doing this series about children's Bible stories and talking about uh, these different stories from your VBS-type language and then looking at it from an adult uh, kind of lens, like growing up a little bit and saying, oh, yeah, that was cute that Jonah was swallowed by a fish. But let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, and today we get to, uh, to an Old Testament, the last of our Old Testament stories. It's about this guy named Daniel. Daniel is this amazing uh, prophet. Uh, he, he has dreams uh, that God gives him, and he gets visions, and he's able to interpret dreams for other people. And he raises to this amazing rank. He's a foreigner. Uh, he, he's a Jew. He's living in a different land, so he's a foreigner. But he raises to this, um, like a presidential-type level. In the king's uh, thing, the, the king has separated the country into 120 different like provinces. Each one of those has their own governor, and then they report to three um, presidents, essentially, is kind of what it translates to. And Daniel is one of those. And Daniel is not liked by all these people because he is an outsider, because he believes in the one true God, and because they just can't find anything wrong with him. He's just like that guy that's not corruptible. And they're trying to get him. They're trying to get him corrupted. They're trying to find some trap uh, to, to, to get him in. And the, so they devise a plan. And their plan is to have the king create a law that says, you must only bow down and worship me. Because they know that Daniel won't do this. And if you do bow down and worship something else, some, uh, some other god, we're going to throw you into the lion's den. Throw you into a cave full of lions. Now, this is a typical form of execution at the time. They'd have a place, a den of lions, and they wouldn't feed the lions very much. They would pretty much starve them so that when they threw someone in there, wham, the lions would be on them, and they'd be torn to pieces. So these little governors set up this trap, and they get the king to go along with it. The king's like, yeah, sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's do this. And so they wait until the time of day that Daniel would pray, which was three times a day. He would get on his knees and he would face Jerusalem and he would pray to God. And they see him and they catch him in the act and they take him before the king. And the king's greatly disturbed. Do you remember the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? Larry, Moe, and Curly of the Bible, right? You remember their story? Their story is also in Daniel, right? There's some of Daniel's helpers. And their story at the beginning of the book of Daniel is very similar in that they are trapped by honoring and worshiping their God our God, and they're taken into this hot furnace, right? When the king finds out that they're not worshiping him, what is the king's reaction? He's angry. He gets furious at them. He throws them into this furnace, but they don't die, right? So this time, the king, it's a different king, but the king is devastated. He's devastated that Daniel has gone against his rule, his decree that he has put forward. He tries to think of all these different ways to get out of administering the punishment on Daniel. But he just can't do it. And so he puts Daniel in the lion's den. And they put a rock over it. And he seals it 
with his ring so that nobody, so that everybody knows that it's not tampered with. And he has to wait the entire night and he stays up fasting and praying that Daniel would be saved by his God. And he says, please let your God save you. Early the next morning, before the sun even rises at the, at the time that he could let him out, he runs over to the place where it's sealed off. He says, Daniel, has your God saved you? And Daniel says, yes, long live the king. The king rejoices and he opens the cave up and out walks Daniel completely fine. Nothing, not even a scratch on him. And this is what the king says. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Yes! Right? This is that story that when you hear it as a kid, you're like, he's thrown into the lion's den. And there's some, what you should Google pictures of this because there's some really funny ones. Um, just like the lions who look like little kitty cats and stuff like that. But no! Because what happens after? The king gets really angry with the guys who try to set Daniel up, right? And what does he do? He throws them into the lion's den. He throws them, he throws their spouses, he throws their entire family into the lion's den. Before the people hit the ground, the lions are on top of them. The lions were hungry. And they'd had a meal sitting with them all night long. This like steak just sitting there. And yet, nothing. Nothing. Because the God of Daniel is powerful and mighty. His kingdom will never end. He rescued Daniel from the lion's den. Yet, a lot of times, what we do is we, we think that the picture with Daniel in there is more like kitty cats. We like to picture Daniel going in there and we're like, well... You know, it probably, they probably just weren't that hungry. They're probably tired. It was late at night when they threw them in. You know, they're like, dude, we need some cat naps. Thank you. Can't wait for mine later. You know, we, we try to intellectually like go along and justify this and, and try to figure out some way to deal with this story. Just like Jonah and the whale type thing. We're like, eh. And what we do is, is we minimize the power of God. What we do when we try to intellectualize ourselves away on this is, is we take away the significance of what God is doing. We take away the power of the kingdom of heaven. This kingdom will live forever. Yesterday I had um, this amazing opportunity to go pray with a friend. Um, and, and my friend's suffering. He, he has cancer. And so I talked to somebody this morning who saw a picture of us praying and said, was that him in the middle of, of your group? And I said, yeah. She said, I didn't even recognize him. I said, yeah, if you hadn't seen him in a while, you won't. 
because cancer is killing his body. But I got a chance to sit with him yesterday. And, and we were in this lady's house, um, and he's sitting in this chair, and, and there's all these friends kind of circled around him. And I was sitting up on these stairs because there was a lot of people, so I kind of just removed myself a little bit and, and kind of was up and kind of looking down. And so I had this top vision looking down into this living room. And really what I thought of was, man, this is a big lion's den. This guy's sitting in the middle of a lion's den. There is stuff that is ravaging and eating his body away, just attacking him left and right. And you know what the remarkable thing was? The peace that was on his face. He was sitting there and just so peaceful. Like, whoa. He's in the middle of this hungry pack of lions, and his faith is so great that he's just like, all right. How many times have we been thrown in to a pack of lions? Get me out of here! Ah! I can't do this! Take me out! Right? How many times do we forget that the God of Daniel is our God? The God who pulled Daniel safely out of the den of lions, the God who pulled uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of that fiery furnace, he hasn't changed. His kingdom that this King Darius talks about hasn't ended. It is forever. He is still the God who reaches into those dens and says, no, 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 no. You don't touch a hair of my child. How often do we minimize the power of God? How often do we minimize the kingdom of God? And say, well, I do. I do all the time. I've been struggling with grace lately. Last few days. I can't stand to be around her. She's driving me absolutely nuts. We had dinner on um, Friday night. Friday night. Hey, this will be great. Let's go have a family dinner. No, that's a horrible idea, right? You don't go out to a restaurant with little kids. I should listen to Jim Gaffigan. He talks about this all the time in his comedy. We, we go out to this restaurant that had cloth napkins. No, that's another mistake. You know, if you're going with your kids, you go with paper napkin restaurants. And we go and we sit down and it's this wonderful place and it's got these huge cathedral-like ceilings and they sit us under a rotunda. I don't know if you know what sound does in rotundas. But it gets louder and it comes back everywhere, right? She would not stop talking. I know we've prayed for her to talk for years. I get it. But I'm like... Stop it. Shh. She has my phone. And she turns on Uptown Funk. And I grab it. And she yanks it back from me. And I'm fighting with the nine-year-old, right? Give me my phone. And I turn the volume down. And I hand it back to her, hoping that this will appease her. And she will continue to be quiet. She turns the volume back up. I didn't know she knew how to do this. She switched songs. But it was still just as loud and annoying. 
And I was just, ah. And, and Jenna could see um, that the tension was just right. She goes, do you want me to take them for a walk? I thought you'd never ask, you know. Why are y'all still here? Let me enjoy my dinner. So what happened is they took, uh, she took the kids outside. And Corbin was being great. Um, he was being Corb. Um, and they, they leave and they go outside. And Corbin comes in by himself. I'm like, oh, no, this isn't. This isn't good. There's been a there was a puddle incident, um, you know. And there's water on the ground. Puddle. Grace sees it. Grace gets away from Jenna. Grace goes into the puddle, um, and he goes, "There's a puddle." She got. I was like, as soon as he says that, I'm like, "Oh man, how bad? It's bad." She started drinking some of the water. Where's your mother? So Jenna and Grace come in. I'm like, oh no, uh-uh, this no. And so I get up and we're like, we're like a tag team at a wrestling event, right? I tag Jenna in, so she goes and eats, um, and I go out with Grace and I take Grace out. And Corbin's out there and I said, hey, tell your mother we'll be in the car to take her time, but we're going to be in the car. And I meant that. I, I was like, just enjoy your meal. I got to have a few minutes. You had some. So we're sitting in the car, um, Grace and I. And Grace is just incessantly going after stuff and, and just, just, yeah. And I'm like, just more and more of the steering wheel is getting smaller and smaller because of my massive strength. Um, Jenna comes out and she goes, well, that was a great meal. I was like, yeah, no kidding. She has, you know, boxes of our food. Um, and, uh, hey, we should have that for lunch. That'd be great. Um, and, and so she, she comes in, and, and we get in the car, and we're on our way home, and, and Grace is still going and going and going, and, and she's swiping at Corbin and hitting her, trying to hit him. And I said, hit her back! Um, don't call CPS or anything. But really, I mean, at some point, you know, it's like you've taken enough. You can go ahead and just knock one, you know, maybe she'll stop. I don't know. Maybe she won't. She didn't. She laughed. That was funny. She's like, ha-ha, that's all you got uh, type thing. Then a shoe comes flying um, forward uh, to hit Jenna, um, and it, it was just, and then she starts going, ah, uh, pee-pee, ah, uh, pee-pee, do not go to the bathroom in the car, because, um, you know, she is, for the most part, potty trained now, praise God, um, but this is like her threat now, uh, it's because she's not wearing pull-ups, she's wearing, you know, big girl pants, and she's like, oh yeah, you want to see what I can do? I can make you clean some stuff up. Uh, so it was going well, um, basically. This morning she uh, was on another. She got up at 5:20, I believe it was, um, because that's you know I guess when she needed to start doing some things. Uh, starts talking and 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 getting loud and kind of the same thing. And I, and I was just like, God, I can't. I put a pillow over my head. It's like quiet. I was like, maybe they won't know I'm here. Um, I was just drained. Just drained. I feel like a lot of times with her, I'm in a lion's den. And I just want to leave. And I don't cry out to God, and I don't remember the fact that God is bigger than that lion's den. I don't remember the fact that the kingdom of heaven is huge. I just sat and had this amazing prayer service and moment with all of these people and saw this guy who was just being beaten down by this disease sit there with peace going, I know I'm going to beat this. And yet I can't even handle a dinner out with my daughter. 
think I needed to hit the reset button. And remember what King Darius shouts and proclaims to the world. God of Daniel is bigger than any of that stuff. This kingdom will never end. He will continue to pull people from the lion's den. Again and again and again and again and again. Now let me tell you something. Later today. I guarantee you that there's going to be a point when she wears me out again. I guarantee you that there's going to be a point where I'm like, oh, God. I pray all of the time that she would be healed. That things would get right in her mind. I pray that she would just flourish and have the life that I want and pray for my daughter. And I believe that God can heal her. Here's the grown-up step, though. What if he doesn't? What if I'm still in that lion's den? And the lions continue to attack. See, the grown-up step in this story is to take the understanding that God is big enough and God is powerful and the kingdom of heaven will never end and have that as a truth of which I base my life. But to know that if he doesn't heal her, that he's still powerful and that his kingdom still will never end and that he is still all loving and that he still hurts more for her sicknesses for cancer, for all of those things than I could ever imagine. Do you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you remember what they say? Our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, he still is God. That's a grown-up faith. That's a faith that goes into the lion's den and says, you know what? Bring it. I may be eaten and torn to shreds, but God is still God. And when the lions have finished digesting me, I'll be in a better place anyway. These are scary conversations to have sometimes. Scary thoughts to have when we find ourselves in a lion's den. Crying out to God. God. I know you're big enough. I know you're powerful. Save me. Heal me. Can we find the strength and the faith to sit in that lion's den knowing that whatever happens, God is still good? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly God, you are the creator of all things. You give us breath. Our very lives is because of you. You cause the sun to rise in the mornings, to set in the evenings. Father, it is in your power to do all things. The kingdom of heaven is stronger than the kingdom of this world. 
The power of God is bigger than disease. It's bigger than mental illnesses. It's bigger than addiction. The power of God is bigger. Father, help us to understand that when we find ourselves in that lion's den, when we find ourselves in those places of fear surrounded by disease or addiction, whatever it might be, help us to have the strength to know you're with us, to have the peace to be in those moments, to know that you are good, to know that you are powerful, to know that you are loving. Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
go in the faith and peace of the God of Daniel, that when you enter into the lion's den, you know that the God of Daniel walks with you. Amen.
song today.